0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Base. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Why is it so damn hard to make friends? I'm so as an adult? bored all the time. So maybe it's just oh, me because i need I'm someone so to shy. sit around and drink wine. But why is it why so hard to make cancel? friends when you Anyone want to make friends? Welcome to Bride on Base, a personal development podcast for new military spouses. I'm Brianna Weldon, and I was just as lonely as the rest of y'all as a military spouse. So we have to talk about the state of making friends in the military. While we're talking about friends, tell your friends about the podcast and tell them to like me on Instagram and go like the Facebook page. I mean, if you want to be a good friend. So we all know it's hard to make friends as an adult. It's harder to make friends in the military, despite the camaraderie there is between families and the fact that you can meet another military spouse and have an understanding. I think the loneliness can become part of the sacrifice because it's because of your lack of network, which is a result of being a military spouse. In this episode, we're going to talk about how rough making friends is, then go over some things I tried and some things that worked. And finally, my advice and encouragement for making friends. After that, we have our weekly features and recommendations. Let's get started. Before I became a military spouse, people told me it was easy to connect with women military spouses because they were used to moving a lot. Also, I was told the neighborhoods were tight knit. Uh, A lie detector determined that was a lie real quick. It's not easy making friends, which is amazing, given how the majority of women say they're lonely. So here are some recent posts I've seen on Facebook about making friends. Hi, ladies. Anyone want to be friends? I'm an introvert and usually takes me a while to get used to anyone and everyone. She describes herself. My hobbies include doing makeup, watching TV, and drinking wine. Next, it sucks making friends here. Either you or them leave. And finally, I hate it here. Women claim they want more friends, but nobody wants to meet up. And then this one's more of a joke, a tweet by Christiana Burt. I want to stop seeing tweets about not having friends. You and I both know we have a friend in the diamond business. (laughs) That's Shane Co., hashtag not sponsored. This is a universal issue as it is in adulthood in general and then also as a military spouse. People often ask why it's so hard to make friends as an adult. I experienced this firsthand when I moved after college how hard it is to make friends. Based on that and my military experience, I have some thoughts on why it's hard to make friends. So they are as follows. First of all, it's hard because it used to be easy. Comparatively, it's hard to make friends, but actually it isn't really hard or complex or a mystery how to make friends. You get to know people, but there's just much less opportunity than when we were in high school. People like to operate within groups, which we don't have access to in the same way as adults. If you think back to high school, you were friends with a lot of people because of the group you were subscribed to. That might've been a sports team, church youth group, marching band, preppy kids, goths, losers, whatever. Consequently, some people never really learn to make independent relationships. It's just about identifying the same way. So we do the same things as adults. That doesn't mean... Groups are not a good opportunity to make friends as they certainly are. It's just they often don't result in close friendships, which is what we're looking for as adults. When we were younger, our relationships were built through time, which we just simply do not have like we used to. This one sparked a lot of thought for me. I think the baggage of adulthood stops us from being vulnerable and authentic, which you need to do to create close friendships. Once we start to become disillusioned with life and the ideals we had as adolescents, we aren't as available to new people. We start putting our effort into working on our insides and not so much into hanging out and pursuing new relationships. Moving on to the military. Y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but these are my thoughts. I used to ask myself, why don't people like me? But I came to learn that it's often not really about me. I have a few ideas about what's going on in the military. So I think people are beat down by trying to make friends and trying to constantly do the same thing and having the same results. I think that's exhausting. People are guarding themselves or are unmotivated because of loss of friendships. I had a friend who I got to know during the last year I was at Fort Bragg. While she did also meet somebody who was more of her speed, same interest, and kind of like stopped kicking it with me as much because of that. In the last few months before I left, it was like she was really acting like we weren't friends at all. Once I left, she told me that she's been hurt so much that she was pulling away from me to protect herself from being upset when I left. So I think, That's one of the reasons it's hard to make friends because people are not being open enough to really connect with other people because of their past experiences. Number three, we have soldier or service-centric lives that make it harder to be available to new friends and easy to forget that you need friends. But I think a lot of women are just really wanting to be available to their husbands. Or if plans change... That can make you not be a reliable friend. I guess if you have kids and you're kind of expecting your husband to take care of your kids, something like that. Either way, it's different when you have this central force in your life that you have no control over that can impact your ability to be a good friend. And my last theory, I'm aware this could come off as condescending, but please hear me out. This is coming from me as a person who has struggled to make friends most of my life and has therefore given it a lot of thought both subjectively and objectively. I think work experience and college experience helps you learn to assimilate and adapt to your environment. And unfortunately, a lot of military spouses do not have those experiences. I think that going to college where you have to be around other people and learn to work with other people helps you to adapt to people who aren't exactly the same as you. And then also when you're in a professional work environment and you have to work alongside people that you may not really like all day, that aren't exactly your best friends, you then again learn to give people a chance who aren't exactly the same as you. So those are what I think are some of the reasons we have a hard time making friends as military spouses. As I mentioned before, I have had trouble making friends most of my life. I remember telling my second grade teacher that I didn't have friends and she introduced me to another girl in the class. When I think back on this, I'm like, how did I not know this other person in the class? But that's what happened that was second grade. I have always been popular in the sense that people have known my name and I had a reputation, but as I got older, that didn't necessarily translate to having a sense of belonging. I used to think I wasn't as interesting or as cool as other people, specifically my older brother, or that I was just abrasive. And uh, being aware of that, I think, made me in turn act weird, which then made Me not make good connections I have some other theories about that Either way I was chronically lonely From childhood to probably my second year As a military spouse What changed for me I accepted that it's not so much that I'm unbearable As it is that my people Are few and far between Because I'm a complex person I don't assume other people have self image issues Stemming from The inability to make friends So I will move on from that conversation I have done a lot of things to try to make friends starting back to when I moved to St. Louis after college. Just me and my roommate, we became we've been close since, friends since we were like 15, but We moved up there together and she was in nursing school, so I couldn't really hang out with her all the time And she had a lot of friends from nursing school, so I was still pretty lonely I would walk around the Citrus West End and see so many young people that I had no access to Then I got to Fort Bragg and saw so many young couples on my very street that I once again had no access to So I have certainly had to put in work to connect with people because I wanted to connect with people I wanted to have relationships So here are some of the things I did between moving to St. Louis and also moving to Fort Bragg. So when I got to St. Louis, I went online and found a young adult group at a church. Not a church I'd ever been to or that I knew anyone that went to, but I was going to be brave. I drove the 20 plus minutes to this church and I got there kind of at the same time as this other black girl. And I think like, Either she walked in before me or I walked in before her, but it wasn't like we walked in together, if I'm correct. And um, I didn't know her, so I didn't really talk to her. But since we came in within two seconds of each other, people thought we came together and then nobody talked to me. So that was not a very good experience for me, as you can imagine. Then I joined meetup.com. In St. Louis, I made a really close friend at one of the first events I went to. Unfortunately... Our friendship was lost in the drama of putting together my wedding in three weeks, which I'm still a little bit disappointed about. I would hope somebody could understand the stress of putting a a wedding together in three weeks. Regardless, I did some things with Meetup there. And then when I got to Fort Bragg, I used meetup.com. And I was a part of a young young black professionals group that really got me through my husband being at ranger school And I also participate in a book club. In my own community, I tried to host a brunch for my neighbors once, which I got really obsessed with because I love Pinterest. That fell through. What frustrates me about stuff like that is if you don't want to come, make up an excuse to begin with. Don't say you're coming. And act like you want to participate and then come up with an excuse why you can't. That's frustrating. So one of my neighbors was like, oh, can I bring my friend, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, doesn't show up. And it was only two of them. So it was disappointing. Once I invited two other neighbors over for pizza and a movie. This is when their husbands were at JRTC and my husband was deployed. They were pretty young, so I wanted to make them feel comfortable I invited them over for pizza but I had to work until seven so I texted them around four and asked what kind of pizza they wanted and I learned they were hanging out at one of their houses with their other teenage friends and they were like oh you should definitely stop by you should you should come over I'm like how do I suggest I participate in an event I planned <laughs> I certainly didn't go over and I did let them know that I was offended and of course they didn't see it the way I saw it which is why I don't have teenage friends. I have also invited women I've met who have said they like CrossFit to CrossFit. The gym I went to, most gyms have like a Saturday community-wide session that's more social. So I invited them to that. One time I invited a girl who I met at the gym and it was one of those situations where you keep seeing somebody at the gym, you kind of say hi to each other and then you eventually talk And then, of course, one of you is like, oh, we should hang out, which is not me. I don't say that. So she's saying that, and then I'm like, oh, would you like to come to CrossFit? And she's like, yes. So then I tell her when it is, and she never makes any effort to commit or not commit. So I don't know. I don't know why people say they want to hang out if they don't want to hang out. Another who says she did CrossFit, when I say a gym, I mean the gym on base, but she even reached out to me about going. And so we were gonna go to Chick-fil-A and then CrossFit. And she texted me like an hour before and is saying her husband has left with her keys and I was saying, Well, I'll come pick you up. Well, I don't wanna be picked up. Well, she didn't even say that. she just kept going on and on about him leaving with the keys and not answering. And I never heard from her again. Which is <laughs> frustrating because again, it's not like I'm harassing you to come do something with me. I also invited two of my neighbors. As you can see, CrossFit is like one of my main social groups when I was at Fort Bragg. I invited two of my neighbors, one who did CrossFit with her husband outside, and then another who simply was like trapped in her house. So I was just offering her an opportunity to get out. So one said something dramatic happened the day before, and the other waited until the day before to tell me she didn't have tennis shoes. That's the one who's trapped in her house. I did go to the Go to a non-CrossFit gym with a girl once. And I could tell she was like thinking she was going to play me, thinking I was weak. But I'm certainly not weak. I'm in very good shape. And she quickly realized that and actually became friendly to me. (laughs) It's so stupid. Again, why agree to do something with somebody if you don't actually want to do it? But I don't know. Maybe she was pushing herself. As a rule, I don't invite people to gyms, period. I also tried that Facebook outreach thing where people will post, make a post and say they need friends and then add you. And then you add them and message them and they only give you one word answers and never wanna meet up. So I don't know what the point of that is. Here in St. Louis recently, I tried the Bumble Friends feature. At this point, I don't really wanna make friends. I just wanted somebody that I could ask to go get ice cream with like at an hour's notice. On that same note, the craziest thing I ever did to make friends was place an ad on Craigslist. It was 2012, so it was a much different time. I couldn't imagine doing that now, not at this age or in this culture. So it sounds really crazy, but there were other people who kind of were looking for friends there. I met one girl at the movies, endlessly texted some girl named Yandy. And I met one girl at her store in the mall and she was like so different. And we used to email back and forth, not text. 2012 was crazy. So what has been successful was me doing things I enjoyed and getting to know people as I enjoyed them. So CrossFit, as I've mentioned, meetup.com. I did the young black professionals group, as I said. And one of the ways I utilized meetup.com and socialized was through a book club. The only way I was able to keep up with the book club was listening to audiobooks on audible if i had to sit down and read a book it probably wouldn't have happened but with audible i was able to download the book i needed and was able to play it at a faster speed because you know i waited until the last minute for you the listeners of bride on bass audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service the first book i ever bought was bossy pants by tina fey Your first book can be Finding Audrey by Sophie Kinsella for the September Book Club. It's an easy listen and the performance brings the book to life. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash bright on Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash bright on for your free audiobook. I also made friends at the gym, but you have to be careful of men trying to be friends with you. I have some stories about that for a future marriage episode, but what I thought was just a friendly retiree turned into a proposition to cheat on our spouses. A retiree, what did I look like? I guess that's as good as I could do postpartum. I don't know. He didn't even offer retiree money. So if you're gonna approach a young girl, like come correct, offer some money. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have taken the money. I wouldn't have done it, but I was appalled that he just thought he could come ask me that. Maybe I shut him down before he could get to the money. I made friends at the gym, but these are more of like gym friends. Um, Actually, one woman, she was an older lady, like mid-50s, in very great shape. I didn't make friends with her until I participated in this event. And (laughs) old people be messy, too. One of the other retirees came to me and was like, I want you to talk to her. But um, she said that you're stuck up. She ended up being one of the people I was closest to in that click of 50 and over. I'm sure it's possible to meet people your own age at the gym, but that didn't happen for me. Either way, I still appreciated the click I did have at the gym. Next, I have met friends at FRG events or mainly created relationships that stem from there. When it comes to the people in your husband's unit or your spouse's unit, they're going through the same things as you. So it's easy to form a bond over that. You're all going through deployment at the same time in the field, JRTC. I don't know if other branches do JRTC, but you're doing those things at the same time. So it's easy. I know a lot of people don't like to be involved in FRG because it can be catty and all that. That wasn't my experience. I also think that sometimes you attract what you give out. Just saying. I've shared my experience. I'm going to share my advice with more of my experience. In my military experience, I came to find a few things to be true 95% of the time. I kind of touched on this, but I I realized I couldn't really make friends with people who were a lot different from me in age or education, or and how they view themselves as a military spouse. So it wasn't that I didn't want teenage friends or friends without degrees or friends that were just obsessed with their husbands being in the military. It just never worked out. I think how you deal with the military, how it impacts you varies a lot based on your age education level and what you wanted for your life. Next piece of advice. I knew I really couldn't make the first move. This is me specifically. I'm pretty direct, matter of fact, authentic. I've been told I have a dominant personality, which is kind of crazy to me. I mean, I I can see it, but that's just not how I used to view myself. But anyway, maybe that's a lot for people. So I learned to fall back and let others initiate. So while I might connect with somebody on Facebook Like maybe I've met somebody and I'll follow up with a message and blah, blah, blah. I usually don't ask for their number unless they want to give me their number. I usually wait for them to ask if I want to go to lunch or something. Because in my experience, if I'm the one taking initiative, it doesn't work out. That's just me. Some of y'all need to take initiative. (laughs) Because some of you may have a personality where people are being careful like me. Third thing I learned know to be true is that a relationship doesn't really count until you hear their voice. So it's real easy to develop a relationship over Facebook Messenger or text, but you really need to try to meet people. As you will hear me explain later down this list or later on in the conversation, I met somebody and made friends with somebody, but it's just simply not the same as having a real connection with somebody that you get from hearing their voice, being in their presence. Okay, so here's some advice I have. Those are just kind of facts, but here's the actual advice I'm going to give to you today. First of all, you have to learn to do it by yourself and do it scared, okay? If I had waited for somebody to do things with, I would not have done 85% of what I did do. I went to... PWOC by myself, which I mentioned last week, stands for Protestant Women of the Chapel and showed up like 45 minutes early because I got the time wrong. But I just sat there and looked stupid if that's how it looked. I enjoyed being a part of that for a time and I went by myself. Next, I drove an hour to a real estate investment class that wasn't a social event, but that was something that took courage to do because by the time I got there, I was like, I am so stupid. I didn't drove all this way for this class, but it was something I found on Facebook and something I was interested at the time. It turned out to be good that I went because it was only me, which also could make you feel more stupid, but I was able to have all my questions answered and kind of develop a relationship with the couple that was running the class. And I couldn't be dependent on my husband. I went to somebody's child's birthday party on my own. It was somebody I met at an FRG event. She told me she was having a birthday party for her little girl the next day. And I went and got a gift and showed up. And when I got there, everybody was like, oh, where's Weldon? But it didn't even occur to me to ask him to go. I guess we kind of don't have that relationship where we do everything together. And there was also somebody's husband that hugged me that day, not in a fresh way, but in like a really familiar way. And I was like, who is this? Because he did that other times I met him. I came to realize, or I started to believe that people felt familiar with me because I'm very white Spencer's black wife. (laughs) So I think people remember me and like feel acquainted with me, even if I don't know them. Lastly, actually, after I moved back in April, I went to an adult sleepover of somebody that I only knew from Facebook. It was like a baby shower, birthday sleepover. And it seemed safe because it was a baby shower. I did it. And it was another thing where I had to drive like 45 minutes to get there. Didn't stay, but I ended up knowing a couple people. So it was a good experience, which leads me to my next point. Always say yes and don't cancel even if you don't feel like going. Okay, don't say yes to something that you know, you know, you know, you don't want to do. But consider this, an object at rest Tends to stay at rest If you are an active person with no social life And no ambitions or you know just no social life You're not gonna want to do stuff But if you don't try to break that momentum Or lack thereof You will continue to not have stuff to do So you have to start saying yes to stuff And start showing up to stuff And then you'll feel like doing stuff And then you'll have more stuff to do Next piece of advice, I think we need to lower our expectations for what we're looking for when we go into a relationship. You may have noticed or may not have noticed that men rarely complain about not having friends and men rarely want to have any sort of a deep discussion or need somebody to talk to. Basically, men tend to have shallow relationships and they're okay with that because that's easy to attain. Women, however, want so much more. We want that bosom friend as they talk about in Anne of Green Gables, we want somebody we can call and you know express ourselves to. And as a result, we are disappointed so much more than the males are because the males aren't looking for that. My question is, what if we stop looking for friends and instead look for having a good time, good conversation, good interaction, and then hopefully a relationship will come out of that? I kind of touched on this before, but I think we come into relationships guarded or really intentionally because we want to create a real friend. Who doesn't want real friends? But I think that's why it isn't working out a lot of the time. The last two people I've talked with from Fort Bragg are people that I just grew into a friendship with, not the people I wanted to be friends with. So Aaron is the best friend I had from Fort Bragg. And one of my best friends in general. She's the best in the sense that she's the most skilled at being a friend. If you're like doing a competition for how good a friend somebody is, she's number one contender. Shout out to her. Hopefully she'll be on the podcast at some point. She's that kind of friend. I met her at CrossFit, learned she lived in my neighborhood. So I found her on Facebook to connect, message her, and we talked back and forth. Then she invited me over for wine. That was like the week I was telling people I was pregnant, so I didn't have wine. Both our husbands were deployed, and so we developed this weekly companionship where I would go over to her house, and she would offer me friendship and give me advice about marriage and having a baby. That's one relationship. My other friend that I've talked to recently is Kalisha, and she and I didn't really hit it off when our husbands introduced us at the military ball, but when the guys deployed, my husband was still home, and I was like a key caller. I began to check on her because I had known her. I knew they had a little kid. I just tried to offer her support. At the same time, our husbands became close friends. So then we all became close. And she moved into my neighborhood. Location, 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 honey. I didn't go into those friendships trying to make friends. Those are just friendships where I did the thing I enjoyed and we became friends. Sometimes we're careful because we want to keep the relationship progressing or we're conscious about growing and maybe we don't want to scare someone off. Sometimes we're guarded and fail to be fully present and we don't make a good connection as a result, which apparently is my problem. It's something I read about in a book and I'm not going to bore you with it here. Maybe you're the type that's so hard up for someone to talk to you that you kind of dump on the first person who will listen. I've been on both ends of that. But I've been very aware when I do it, it's kind of like something's going on and I just don't have anybody to talk to. When I've experienced it, I have felt out of depth because since I don't know you very well, I can't really reciprocate emotionally and nor can I really examine your issue since I don't really have those permissions in your life yet. So are you that type of person that immediately wants to give somebody like emotional responsibilities or give them your emotional baggage to carry? Basically, chill out, focus on getting to know someone, but don't set out to make a close friend. You just need to make friends. Just need to focus on having a good time. Another point is that some of you want to be consumed by a friendship. I've had friends that communicate a lot, but once someone more suited for them comes around, which I mentioned, they seem to only be able to hold one friendship. You can have more than one friend or friends that are different from you, but if you seek to be consumed by that one friendship, it might seem like you don't have room for both of those. I think that's one of the skills you learn when you work in a professional environment is you have to learn to have relationships with people different from you. And you also learn the merit of those relationships. Tell me if you find that to be inaccurate. In high school and even college, it's easy to keep your clicks. But at work, you generally aren't side by side with your best friends all day. That's just one of my theories. My other piece of advice is enjoy the activity. Like I said before, sometimes we make it all about making a best friend, but most of the time it should just be about having something to do. And I finally got to a place where I just enjoyed the fact I was having a conversation or at an event or having an experience. Because if it's only about friendships, then those take time to develop. So sometimes it's just about doing things and being amongst friends or being amongst friendly people. When you think about it like that, you might find yourself putting yourself out there more because it's easier to attain your goal or payoff when your goal or payoff is enjoying yourself. My next point, which I think is very important and we tend to forget, but you need to be the friend you want to have. The friendship issue in the military environment is cyclical. Women come in wanting friends they make a good friend, they move away, or people constantly let them down. As a result, they become jaded or bitter about making friends and are in turn unavailable for friendship to another woman when it actually presents itself. And then that woman becomes the same and it just perpetuates itself. What if we all consistently acted as the friends we want to have despite the disappointments we have? I think it's one thing to... Change your expectations, but if we can manage to still be who we want to be, maybe we will change the temperature of making friends in the military community. Which leads to the next point. Some of you are kind of terrible at being a friend. And if any of these falling behaviors apply to you, repent now, change your ways, talk to your nearest adult. Is this you? Or you don't ask questions. In return of a question, if somebody asks you, What are you hoping to achieve in life? You tell them you want to be a taste tester at Ben and Jerry's, and then you ask them, What are your goals in life? Okay. Do you show no interest or excitement when you're interacting with somebody? I can't stand a person. Who texts you back and it's like they don't even have the energy to be texting you? I really am miffed by the way people communicate, but you know, if you want somebody to be your friend, you have to incentivize them to want to be friends with you. Next, do you find any reason not to hang out with somebody? Anything that comes up, you're bailing. So I eventually became friends with this person, but. As I was trying to get to know her, she kept canceling stuff. And I was at the point where I was like, I'm done with this. We were going to go to TJ Maxx one time. Fayetteville's boring. So that was the option. I jokingly gave her the heads up that my tags were out. And she was all of a sudden too busy to go to TJ Maxx. I don't know, maybe you wouldn't want to ride with someone with their tags out. But it was like it was just an extreme response. It, nothing was gonna happen to her. The worst thing that could have happened was I got a ticket. But I couldn't get my tags renewed because my the tent on my car was too dark for North Carolina, so I'd have to go home and do it and some other stuff. Are you a person that cancels all the time? Stop it. Are you a person that never tries to make plans? One of my pet peeves, don't be that person like, oh, I'm gonna hang out, I'm gonna hang out, but you don't make any plans. I don't really want to sit at your house and watch you text. I want to go do something. Yeah, we can have lunch. I don't want to say I hate going to lunch, but I kind of hate going to lunch because you spend money, you eat. Your social life can't be centered around eating. Most of ours are because that's society now, but invite me to come do laundry, anything. Are you a person that only talks about yourself and shows no interest in others? Another one of my pet peeves. Don't text me talking about what you want to do. And I'm being a good friend by asking you additional questions. And you just keep talking about yourself. Maybe I even express I'm stressed. And you don't ask me, oh, what are you stressed about? You don't ask if you can help. You're just talking about yourself. That is my pet peeve. The most interesting person in the room is the person who is most interested. I just don't understand how people make friends if they don't show any interest in the other person. I really don't get that. My next piece of advice is don't let disappointments change you. Don't let how people act stop you from being the friend you want to have. This definitely became me. It doesn't mean keep extending friendship to people who prove they don't want it, but keep making an effort, just learn to be selective. I could have kept trying to host brunches or get togethers with different people, but instead I came to a point where I just could not even any longer. I remember going to my counselor, pregnant, and kind of having an outburst saying, I'm not resilient enough. This was around the time my neighbors blew me off for that pizza and a movie thing. And I was lonely and wanted friends, but I kept getting hurt, so I, I was losing faith. I have plenty of stories to support my decision to just bow out, but here's one I mentioned earlier. That year, I became Facebook friends with somebody who I had seen in St. Louis at a couple of the gyms I went to, but I never talked to her, and she added me for some reason. And we ended up messaging because I commented on her haircut and she missed it. So she messaged me three weeks later and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then we started getting to know each other. At the time we became friends, she was about to go through a divorce unbeknownst to her. And as a person removed from her life, but also uh, easy to talk to. And since I care about people, um, open willing to listen. She was able to confide in me. We talked a lot and I came to know all her business. Quick note, watch who you complain to. If I were to be complaining to her about my husband, she would basically tell me to get get a divorce, which I didn't appreciate. So watch who you get your advice from. That summer, I came to St. Louis to visit family and she and I met at CrossFit. She didn't welcome me or act excited to see me when she got there, but it's always awkward meeting someone you've gotten to know well online. But then I heard her telling her coach she wanted to work out by herself. I paid $20 to come work out with you, participate in your life, and you want to be on your own? Cool, cool, cool. Another reason I don't make workout dates any longer. Then she wanted to get together on the weekend and gave me a time frame. But when the time came, she ignored my messages and my phone calls and then informed me that she had something to do. Her son had a soccer game. It's not like the soccer game just materialized. So I was pretty disappointed. I eventually told her like a few days later that I must have misinterpreted our friendship because... Of The way she was acting and she had no idea why I would feel that way She had no idea that she was Blowing me off Only a few months later. She kept saying she wanted to come visit While my husband was deployed. So she's gonna (laughs) She's gonna come all the way halfway across the country to visit and stay at my house When she wouldn't even come visit me when I was within city limits People say a lot of empty words I'm simply not like that, so I don't relate to that, but people say a lot of things. I came to a place where although I was lonely, I was not willing to put myself out there anymore. I didn't necessarily recover from that, but I accepted that my cosmic connections will be rare, and the way people act has more to do with them than it does me. It's probably more textbook than personal. The same reason that girl flaked on me in person is probably tied into why she ended up getting divorced after a year. Not to judge her, but I could have I could have internalized that and probably did at the time to say that people don't really like me or I'm not really somebody people want to get to know, but it really was probably just the type of habit she had uh, within her relationships. Once we start to change as a result of being hurt and disappointed, we start to make the idea that we can't make friends more and more true because we go into relationships or interactions already expecting them to fail. Okay, so this is something that I've learned this year. Don't write off friends who have proven to be true. Protect old friendships at all costs. The friend I moved to St. Louis with is my absolute closest friend. In terms of the practice of friendship, however, she's one of my worst friends. (laughs) Even though I had a baby last year, we lost touch. And I stopped pursuing her because we've been through this. We've been friends for 16 years at this point. We've been close friends, but I've known her since I was six. She reached out to me after watching one of my YouTube videos. And she eventually said that she was sorry that she hadn't been in communication. She wanted to reconnect. Honestly, I didn't really care about that. I was just happy that she was letting me know that she did want to be a part of my life. This is one big thing she did. She told me she isn't good at keeping up with people. Again, we've been close friends for a long time. So I knew that. But having her admit it helped me understand that the friendship is still available to me. I'm just going to have to accept her for who she is as a friend and pick up her slack in order to preserve the relationship. So As you may learn in marriage, it's not always about fairness or equality. It's about what's right in that relationship. So I know that there are going to be times when she doesn't reach out to me. There are going to be times when she doesn't respond to my texts. But since I know that she does want to be involved in my life, I'm going to include her despite what her efforts are. Because anytime I do see her, I am blessed by it. Also, last night, my close friend Elizabeth thanked me for my patience with her continued slow texting. She loves me, but she doesn't really text back. Or she'll text back like days later. I accept her for that. Sometimes we get really caught up on the habits of the friendship over the actual relationship. So it's like, she should be doing this. She should be doing that. But sometimes you have to just look, okay, I want this relationship to work what needs to happen, and then you do it. The second part of the lesson is that maintaining and investing in those long-standing relationships is very healthy. So I finally got to see Lucy this summer after two and a half years. When I moved from St. Louis, she moved to Colorado like a couple months before. So the times I've seen her in the last five years have just been like a day when she came home to visit, and I was home at the same time. This summer, I got to spend two days with her at the end of her trip home, To be with someone who has known several iterations of me, my life story, my family dynamic, my tendencies, after years of isolation was healing for me. It was like how a massage kind of sets you right for a while. She showed me myself. She wasn't afraid to call me out. I didn't have to explain all this backstory. I wasn't worried or self-conscious. I wasn't worried about if she cared or not. I was just able to express myself and just exist and share that with her. And she was able to do the same thing. It's it's something that we miss when we live away from our loved ones for a long time. Me being back here near my loved ones has been nurturing because I'm not having to try to win them or vet them, my friends We are past that We just come together, do life for a couple hours And go back out My position in their lives is solidified But how often do we write off our friends Who forget about us when we move away It's really easy to forget about something When or their environment kind of stays the same You're just not in it And your environment has completely changed So to them, they just like Keep going on in their lives And they forget about you And that hurts because you still need them, especially when you don't have replacements. How often do we claim that or do we complain that we're always the one to initiate and that the effort isn't reciprocated? I think there is a difference in someone not responding to you and not showing you they have an interest in the relationship and someone being bad at long distance relationships. Sometimes people are just bad at it. Sometimes our expectations of a friendship aren't based on that specific friendship. Even though I would like to talk to my friend all the time, I know that's not the kind of energy she has. Some friends you will have a good time with, some a good conversation, some you can depend on, but one person isn't always all three of those. Who in your past or even now, who in your Valuable relationships can you give a break to on the duties of friendship? Who can you accept for who they are? Moving on to best or worst of the internet. I didn't find anything particularly prolific, but there was something that kind of kind of got me thinking. Somebody shared this in a Black Wives military group. She says, In all caps, sharing this advice because I feel like it. If a man tells you you are too good for him or he doesn't deserve or know how to get a a woman or know how he got a woman like you in the very beginning of your relationship, dig into that. Ask a ton of questions. Nine times out of 10, he's trying to tell you he ain't bleep. He ain't ever going to be bleep. And he's messed up other women's lives before. Etc., etc., her last paragraph. My last rant if you are a girlfriend, fiance, new wife, old wife, and you have not done the military spouse briefing, do it. I don't know any details on it, but do your research. Don't be so trusting of a man that you allow him to be the only resource that tells you about the military, your rights as a spouse, and what he does. That's a really, really good point. Find out. How you can attend a briefing Like I said last week I, t- I attended a class called military knowledge Currently they have a class called Military life What's in it for me See how you can get acclimated Basically So she had a lot to say about relationships And then she posted a meme That just kind of like Was everything to me And I've been thinking about it ever since It says a person can only meet you As deeply as they have met themselves This, for me, explains a lot about my relationships and not feeling understood. I always thought it was incompatibility or me being weird. But a lot of people truly have not gone that deep within themselves. So how can they connect with you on a level they haven't been to within themselves? Maybe we don't have to judge them for it. Next, I have a recipe for you this week. It's five-can chicken tortilla soup. I made it this week. Supposedly, you use five cans, but I'm not using canned chicken. You can use a pound and a half of chicken, can of beans, can of corn, can of diced tomatoes, and a can of chicken broth. I also don't buy chicken broth in a can. And taco seasoning. Five-can helps me remember the ingredients when I'm at the store and just decide to make it. Basically, you cook the chicken, drain the beans, and the corn, and add everything and simmer it. I definitely add additional ingredients, but this is the base of the recipe that I started with eight years ago. And you can find the recipe on Instagram. Next, we have our film and lit recommendations for this week. I'm listening to the podcast Dirty John again, which I feel is the most complete podcast saga there is. It's six episodes and comes to a nice conclusion. Unlike cereal, And most of these true crime podcasts, which are like investigative, but they don't, there's no resolution. This one has a resolution and it's very satisfying. It was also made into a TV series on Bravo, but I already know what happened. So I wasn't motivated to try to watch it. I might try to watch it. Last week, I suggested you check out Confessions of a Military Spouse. And I said the host name was Jessica, but it's Jennifer. Just want to throw that out there. On TV this week, on Amazon Prime, I watched Generation Wealth. It's an optical on wealth and what we are obsessed with. The documentarian, who is a photographer, compares the profiles of people she she photographed in the early 90s with them now. So she's got kids in Cali, then and now. She recreated some of the pictures, a rapper, one of the toddlers from toddlers in Tierra, a porn star and a disgraced hedge fund manager. It was really interesting to look at like just the images and their lifestyles, but it was also interesting to learn about how people's obsessions turned out for them. In terms of books, I'm currently reading The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. I'm being really slow about it because I'm in a phase where I want to be entertained more than I want to learn. But it's a powerful book. It's about the power and practice of prayer and the concept of praying through a situation. It's suitable for us dreamers who come up with these big ideas, so it's got a touch of self-help and law of attraction to it. But I mean, it's Bible-based, so it's not that. In the sense that the author is saying God wants us to ask for big things and we have to commit to praying through their completion. He says he prayed for a coffee shop for years. Years. I pray for stuff for like two weeks max and then I forget about it. So this is an encouraging read. Today's work from home option is more of a job than a career. Sorry. However, I know sometimes you don't really want to start a career and invest in that if you you just need something for the meantime. Have you ever heard of textbroker.com? This is a way to do some freelance writing and get paid by the word. As you grow your portfolio and as your clients rate you, you get paid more per word. Then eventually you may feel like you want to start a business and uh, get work outside of the website as a freelance writer. How to become a writer on textbroker.com? No degree or specific experience is required. You create a profile on the site. After they verify you, possibly before, you will give a writing sample. They will let you know what level of assignments you qualify for. Then you look at the jobs on that level and you pick whatever interests you. If you have a background in cosmetology or food or something, then you can look in the beauty section or culinary section and see if there's anything you want to write about. You do your own research and you submit the article within the time limit, which I think is like 72 hours. If you don't get it done or if you release, if you say I can't do this, then it just goes away. If your work is accepted, you get paid. These aren't huge articles either. And you don't even have to be good at writing. I mean, it might be like a page of work. Check out videos on YouTube for more information on people's experiences. That's textbroker.com. Next week, we have an interview. The bride on base lived in an RV at Fort Carson, and she also speaks to the pain of seeking friendships in the military. It's a good listen, if I might say so myself. Until then, take care and talk soon.